Welcome back to Gardening Talk back on a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Judy Sharp this week. Judy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Greg. A long time no see? Yeah, yeah, you know what Scott does. He puts me in the fridge and he only wheels me out again <laughs> when he needs me, dear. Only when he needs to. So he's away for the next few weeks? Evidently, yeah. I think he's um, going to enjoy a bit of a holiday in the snow. Oh, half his luck. Well, yeah. it's, it's cold enough for it, isn't it? Yes, well, you know, I, would, I don't want to go. We could just go up the road, really. It's snowing at Barrington. Again, is it? Cheaper. Yeah, yeah it is cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly if you're taking the kids along. What do you got for today for us, Judy? Quite a few things today. I've got a gift for you. Oh, very good. Happy yeah. days. How about that? Sprouts Alive. Sprouts Alive. Yeah. They're marketed by Mr. Fodrigals, that is a very big seed company from England, yep. and they do a lot of other things too. And today we've got a wonderful giveaway valued at $70. Seven, that's wow. Yeah. That's a pretty big giveaway. It is. And during the program, we might talk about all the things that are in the box. Very good. Mm. So, can I generally keep this? Yes, please. Yeah, doesn't oh. Scott bring you a present? He doesn't bring me anything. I get nothing off Scott. Ah, uh, well, we can solve this. I'll just come all the time. Very good. I have to start putting some orders in. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away, we've got Bob from Argentine. He's got questions regarding his cherry blossom. How are you, Bob? Hi. Hi, hi how are you? How, hi, Judy. Hi, Bob. What can I help you with? Uh, I think it's a cherry blossom tree or an apple blossom tree, whatever it is, but at the moment it's just a bunch of sticks growing <laughs> out of the ground. Um, I was wondering, it's much easier if I could prune it now just to get it down to the right size. Am I going to hurt it if I do that or not? Well, could I ask a, a question, Bob? Do you yes. get cherry blossoms on it? Uh, we get uh, no. We just get green leaves on it. Yeah, no, it, must, yeah. it probably is a cherry because that's what happens here. Uh, yeah. The weather isn't quite cold enough often for mm -hmm. them to blossom. Fair uh, enough, yeah. I, I think the wife said it was a cherry blossom tree, but uh, yeah. Normally, it, it, it looks lovely at, uh, when it's, when it's uh, got the green on it. Yeah, well, normally, though, if you prune it this time of year, you're going to prune off the flowering. Uh, but uh -huh. if yours doesn't flower, well, you know, I wouldn't worry. Oh, OK, then righty -o. Just, just there's so much easier now just to cut those sticks off and have all the leaves there and trying to fight them. <laughs> yes, that's right. No, I'd be inclined to if, you know, you're not waiting Excellent. for the blossom to come. Yeah. Yep. yeah. No, no, it's just, just green leaves. It's all that comes on it. No, enjoy and uh, no, do it and don't go out and do it today. That's pretty cold, isn't it? Oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm outside now anyway. So. Oh, are you? Oh, you're a keen gardener, Bob. <laughs> no, I'm not gardening. I've got my bench saw out in the driveway and I'm cutting some timber up. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> a few, few, few jobs for the girl guides, I'm afraid. Uh, sounds like your wife's given you a list. Uh, not quite, no. Usually I volunteer, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> I don't know when to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> 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 okay, thanks very much. Thank you, Bob. Bye. Bye. Cheers, Bob. It is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. If you have any questions for Judy Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. Now, Judy, we've got this great giveaway today. What we do have. we have thrown in there? Well, we have a, a sprout grower, and it tends to be a multiple of tiers, that you grow sprouts, different sprouts in every level, and they grow extremely well, and you can grow it inside. It's absolutely wonderful. And then we have a lot of the seeds that you're going to grow in it. Um, also, too, Mr. Fothergills have thrown in this lovely package Jiffy Pots. Do you know what they are for, Greg? I have Greg? no idea what Jiffy Pots are for. Well, Jiffy Pots are made from peat, and when you plant your seed in and it sprouts, you don't have to 
disturb the plant to plant it in the garden. You plant the jiffy pot in the garden oh, okay. and it disintegrates and actually feeds the plant. Oh, it sounds almost too easy. Oh, it's fabulous. So they've got quite quite a good selection of jiffy pots in there. Uh, they've got a growing tray and more seeds and, um, yeah, it goes on and on. So um, maybe we haven't got time to talk about it all today, but there's a lot of... There's a lot they, in there. There is a lot in there. There are peat pellets and there's a peat greenhouse and there are jiffy pots and there's a, an easy starter kit as well as the wonderful, wonderful sprout grower. No worries. Thing. We've got Scarding Talk back on Timmy Wire FM. Now we've got Julie on the line. Julie, how can we help you? I've got sweet potato. It was starting to shoot, so I cut a piece of it off and planted it and I've done a few of those. Um... When do I pick it or dig it up? Oh, Julie, so that you've actually got them in the ground. You don't do it in the yes. glass first so that you get the shoots going? No, no, it just was in the cupboard and started growing. So I thought, hey, you want to grow? I'll let you grow. <laughs> Good <laughs> on you. in the garden. And I've got it growing everywhere and I've just turned it back on itself. But it doesn't seem to be dying off. Um, does it die off? I've never grown it before. No, it shouldn't die off until it produces. Uh, so have you turned the soil over? Can you Since see... I've put it in, yeah. no. Can you see that you have got sweet potatoes there in the soil? No, I haven't looked. Well, because they do take some time to produce. Uh, how long some time? Oh, you know, probably a couple of months, three or four months. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. It's been in probably two months now. Yeah, well, you see, you know, when you grow ordinary potatoes, uh, yep. you, you do this system where you trench and you plant them and you go along the side. The potatoes should rise to the surface and then you trench along the side and cover the potato over with soil again and that helps it produce more. Right. So if you've got green growth still happening, you'll put your sweet potatoes are still producing. Okay, so I let them still run and run and run. Yes, if you want a lot of potatoes, darling, yeah. Oh, I like sweet potato. Oh, I do too. Do you know you'd be surprised the number of people that come in and ask to buy sweet potatoes to grow? Um, and, of course, the way to do it is to get one from the supermarket. And uh, a lot of people, what they do, Julie, they uh, cut at the node and they put it in a glass of water in the kitchen and it reaches roots down and grows that lovely long green growth you're now talking about. And then they plant them out in the garden. So you've been oh. very lucky to get yours to shoot that way. I must be a lucky girl then. There okay. You go. Okay. Um, so they only get sweet potato from from the original piece that I put in the ground. If I want more sweet potatoes, can I plant more of the runner or do I have to get another piece of sweet potato? More sweet potato. Right, okay. Okay. That's great. Thanks, no, exactly. Julie. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Bye. I'm going to try that. Yeah, it's good fun to watch it uh, shoot in the glass of water, yeah. And yeah. if you get sweet potatoes out of it, half your luck. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong with them. No, good chips they make, don't they? Very good chips. Yeah. And we've got Maureen from Bonnells Bay, and she's got questions regarding her passion fruit vine. What could I help you with your passion fruit vine, Maureen? Hi, Judy. My passion fruit vine, last year, it's only a relatively new vine, and last year it flowered profusely. I had flowers all over it, but it didn't set any fruit. 
So what I want to know is what do I have to do for it this year? Hopefully I'll get some more fruit when it flowers in the springtime, but what do I have to do for it to prepare it? I put potassium in last year, got flowers all over, but no fruit. This year I want fruit. Well, you know, um, I suppose if I wasn't sitting in Scott's seat today, (laughs) he would say the magic words that he uses constantly, sulphate of potash. But Maureen, I'm a bit more old-fashioned than that. Will I tell you what I think passion fruit need? They need a settled spring. Now, for the last three years, we haven't had a settled spring. So what happens? The flower comes and the wind blows or the weather, the temperature drops or rises and the blossom falls off. So that's part of the secret to get your passion fruit to fruit. A lot of it is relevant to what kind of spring we have. But certainly adding sulphate of potash regularly, uh, probably if you start about the beginning of August, that will help. Okay. Now, the other thing is, uh, was it a graft? Yes. It was a graft. Yeah, well, it should have probably fruited somewhat last year, but honestly, oh, yeah. yeah, so many questions came in last year about passion fruit. Uh, uh, mangoes do the same. So do avocados here in this area. Uh, they all seem to set their blossom just when we get that unsettled spring weather. You know, it's warm, it's hot, it's cold, mine, the winds come again. Mine flowered all through. It's actually just it's had flowers on it just recently but they're not setting they're just they just die and yeah now when you say they die sorry to interrupt when you say they die do they look a bit fungusy no they don't they just go they look like a flower that's just gone through its normal lifespan and it starts to wither and fold up and then just drop off. Yeah, look, honestly... It I've could... even rubbed them together to see if pollinating was a trick because <laughs> we don't have a lot of bees around here. <laughs> uh, you've tried everything, my darling. I have, um, I have. Look, I really think perhaps um, uh, it was its first year of having babies, let's put it that way, yes. um, and uh, might have been a little bit immature. So let's do this, Okay. Um, the beginning of August, give it a very good feed up with cow manure. Cow manure. So, cow manure. So you're putting sulphate of potash is an, an element, uh, but it isn't a fertiliser. So if you use cow manure, that's going to really encourage the plant to be stronger and maybe produce babies that are going to go to fruit. Um, and then start your sulphate of potash regularly. Mm-hmm. And how often is regularly, Judy? Look, Every month? Uh, follow the instructions. Uh, I think at the beginning of your applications, you can do it more regularly. Once the fruit starts to set, then I'd cut it back a little bit. But the other thing is, there's this wonder product. Have you ever tried Flourish? No? Isn't- that what you put on your cut flowers? Flourish? Ah, but flourish comes in a lot of forms. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a regular flourish. There's a one one for violets. There's one for citrus, but there is one for fruiting. Okay, so, so we'll get yeah, we'll, to go with that. Let's pull out all stops and uh, maybe let us know what happens. You know, with all that, something's got to happen, hasn't it? Okay, then. So, cow manure and flourish. Yep. 
and just hope that it's bent its first year. It has grown enormously. It's about 30 foot long and I'm forever cutting it back from strangling me and climbing into the chookyard. <laughs> can, can I ask you something? Chooks, chicken manure, have you given that passion fruit chicken manure? Not a lot. Right, okay. Not a lot. I, only that it's growing on the fence outside of the um, chicken run, so it would only be what's leached into the soil. Yeah, because that produces nitrogen, of course, and um, and that makes the... the the vine grow dramatically, which often drags away from the fruiting. Yes, well, the actual, the root of it is not in the leaching area. Okay. But they, you know, I've got, and, and the, the chickens are free range too, so they are having a go everywhere. But not, I've never put it directly onto the passion fruit because I didn't want to burn it. No, okay. Well, let's definitely try the cow manure. Um, and, um, if this is all successful, Greg and I love free-range eggs, don't we, Greg? I would never say no to free-range eggs. I've got a passion fruit vine that doesn't grow passion fruit, and I've got three beautiful free-range chickens that have not laid an egg since last October. Oh, no. Are you giving they, them layer pellets? I am. They are the most spoiled brats in town. <laughs> And they do not lay eggs. I show them the eggs every Friday, but they still don't bother. They know they're on a good thing here, like passion fruit vine. It doesn't have to have passion fruits on it. They just live here. Do you know what, Maureen? Those chickens are getting a little bit old. They could be getting ready for the oven. Mm. No, no, sweetie, I think they're too old. They're austral orbs. The people, lady I got them from, they were show chickens and... They're absolutely stunningly beautiful, but they think that all they have to do is look nice. They don't have to work. They don't lay eggs, yeah. No. Oh, well, and they have laid eggs. They have laid eggs. Right, but I not mean, enough. They laid, they laid eggs. No, they laid egg, an egg a day for their first year. Right. And then they told me it was because they were molting that they wouldn't lay eggs. But how long do you molt for? This is last October that they haven't laid an egg since. Well, I mean, this is strange, and I hope we're not boring all the other gardeners out there talking about these chooks, but I have chickens at the nursery, but I also have a gander, and he is absolutely magnificent. Now, our chickens laid regularly until they got to a certain age, two, three years, and then they did, they stopped laying. So, you know, maybe you've bought chickens that were kind of on their way out. No, no, they were young pullets when I got oh, them. Oh, right, okay. Well, yeah, they're, you know, they're only 18 months old and they're stunningly beautiful. Well, hey, would you <laughs> like a gander? <laughs> I've got one. You know, you, that's what you might need to keep them in line, you see. <laughs> I think I might need something, Judy. <laughs> oh, we better let the other gardeners We better. On. Thank you, Maureen. <laughs> Interesting talking to you. And let us know after you do all those applications. Thank you very much, Maureen. Well, I think maybe those... I reckon sacrifice one just to scare the other two. <laughs> the then chickens. maybe the other two might start laying eggs. <laughs> it's Gardening Talkback on 2 and URFM. We've got Martin from Barnsley. He's got a question regarding his apricot tree. Hello, Hello. Martin. Hi, Martin. Sorry you've been waiting so long. Oh, that's all right. I didn't have the radio on, but I just turned it on and got the last of the conversation. Uh, and, and I've got a similar problem with my apricot tree. They're it's not, not producing. They're not laying eggs. <laughs> it's not laying eggs. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, uh, and, 
didn't vote on the weekend and it's, and it's not laying any eggs. And in the four years that I've had it, I've only had one or two blossoms. Okay. Now, can you tell me what variety you've got? It's a grafted one. I can't oh, tell you okay. what variety it is. Oh, no, that's all right. That's what I was checking because um, if it wasn't grafted, of course, it does take a long time for them to um, to start producing. Uh Look, you know, the only thing you can do is feed it, uh, which you probably have done, have you? Uh, yes, and, and, and in the last, uh, since last year, more regularly than in the past, and we're, we've got our fingers crossed this year, you know? Yeah, right. But you actually have had some flour on it. I've had one or two flowers last mm, year, right. that's all. Yeah. See, a lot, you know, I mean, we joke about the lack of bees, but it is really becoming a problem. Um, you know... I, I, I do have my own bees. Oh, do you? Oh, good yeah. man. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have got plenty of bee activity around there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do but the... no bee- flowers. You know, the bee, bees, bees are a bit early for... <laughs> <laughs> well, how about um, we do the feed up program like we're going to do with the passion fruit vine? Okay, I um, listened to the last of that. Yeah, and, so yeah. Um, uh, you know, grab some flourish for fruiting, mm-hmm. and also um, you know, let's feed it up with something really positive like some cow manure. Yeah, and okay. and keep your fingers crossed. But you know, honestly, when you think about it, when all these beautiful things fruit in this area, it is can be windy and it can yeah. be an unsettled spring. Newcastle has a bad reputation for either too much heat in the spring, doesn't it, or then we get windy days or then Wet we... Wet and whatnot at that time of the year. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, I see so many mango trees where they're covered in blossom and then the wind blows and, you know, away goes the fruit so uh, you know just try those couple of um suggestions there martin okay. um, you've got everything else covered by the sound of it <laughs> and uh we don't want to see eggs though well my <laughs> chooks i did have three chooks that weren't laying but i uh i gave them to somebody else so maybe, <laughs> but they, they weren't what brand is hers the black and white ones yes they were they weren't the regular uh, browns yeah mm-hmm. Mine were eyes and browns, but for some reason they stopped laying. But I think that was old age. But I've got a, I've got a couple of bantams now and a couple of new eyes of browns, and we get an egg a day. Yeah, but the eyes of browns they get old too. They're like me, darling. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> nice talking to you, Martin. Thank That's you for the call. Bye. And we've got Kate from Lambton. She's got a question regarding pansies. Hi, guys. Good morning, Kate. Oh, hi. Oh, sorry. Good afternoon. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, I put in a few pansies um, not long ago, and they are flowering, but uh, they're sort of straggly, and I'm wondering, do I have to sort of pinch them out or encourage them to bush up a bit? Uh, Kate, had you fertilised the soil before you planted them? Oh, yeah, a bit. A bit? But they are growing. <laughs> uh, they're growing a bit, um, a bit close to a big um, um, gum tree. Okay, so it would be taking all the goodness, no doubt. Um, do you use Flourish every week? Well, not every week, but I do use it. Yeah, yeah, try giving it every week, but yes, definitely pinch them out because they should be coming into full flower now. Well, they're flowering, but they're sort of straggly 
and uh, and I thought, oh, that should be sort of bushed out a bit more. And I thought, well, how do you pinch them out, really? I haven't grown them for a long time. No, so it's actually the plant that's straggly, not not the flowers, kind of one or two. Yeah, sort of, instead of standing up and, and bushing out into, you know, like you'd find in a vase or something, they're, uh, they're sort of going along the ground and, and um, falling over and... And uh, not quite what I was hoping for. Kate, can you remember the variety for me? Um, no, they're just a lilac, purpley mix of colours. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look, there are pansies and pansies. I have to say this. Um, often people will question the price of a punnet of seedlings, but I can assure you that the more expensive ones means that the company has used better seed. Oh, uh, right. Well, these were plants. I mean, they weren't seeds just for me. Yeah, but, but the, no, the seedling companies. Yeah. Uh, some of them buy cheaper seed and some of them use a better growing seed. Okay. Uh, so it just depends uh, what seed they used. Um, you know, say, uh, without mentioning any company names, um, you know, one of the companies I deal with, they'll grow jumbo pansies. All right. Yes. Now they're a fairly expensive seed, right. um, so you might have bought plants that have um, aren't you know real good quality seed, um, and the best thing you can do now really is try and feed them up. And if you didn't prepare the soil with some poultry manure and some all-purpose plant food, I'd be throwing a little bit of that around now to try and strengthen them. Yeah, well, I'm not always sure about poultry manure. You know, I've heard that it burns things, and I'm not quite, you know, game to have a go with some things, even though I've got poultry manure in my garage. Yeah, but, Kate, you always prepare a week before you plant. Ah, uh, yes. Well, see, I, I often do things spur of the moment. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I caught you out there, I, didn't I? Yeah. Um, you know, same as when we come to spring... Uh, before you plant those petunias, make sure you put cow manure in a week or two before and dig it over. Okay. Yeah, so, look, you could sprinkle a little bit of um, poultry around. Just right. don't get it on the crown of the plant. And okay. another thing I always used to do with seedlings when I had a better younger back, um, get a trowel and lift them a little bit, put, them, put it under the root system without disturbing it and try and lift them up in the soil a little bit. Oh, okay. And just gently put a little bit of poultry manure around each one. What, a spoonful or something? Yeah, because it is going to rain this week and that will wash in and let's hope that it, they become stronger. Of course it's going to rain. I've hosed today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kate, I hope that helps you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks very much, Kate. We've got Marika from Toronto. We should now. She's got a question regarding her capsicum plants. Hi, Marika. Hi, how are you? I'm exceptionally well, thank you. I'm here having a, a lot of fun with young Greg today. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I cut my, because I looked it up and it was time to cut back my capsicum plants, which I did, but all the leaves are curling in. Oh, it sounds like you've got a mite on them. Oh, on both of the bushes. Yeah, um, the best thing to do is take a few leaves down to your local garden centre. I'm not sure at Toronto you don't have one there now, do you? No. Uh, would Y.E. be your closest? No, probably um, up near um, 
Oh, as you go towards Charlestown there, what's that place called? Just up past Warners Bay there? Uh, well, you've got Cherry Road, you've got Rowan's. Hillsborough Road, okay, well that would be Rowan's, so they'd have a horticulturist there. I'm pretty sure if you take your leaves in, yeah. uh, you're going to probably have a mite sucking the sap out, making them curl, and then they'll give you a solution, um, you know, um, of some spray that you can use. You see, today our hands have been tied a great deal. A lot of the products that solve these problems have been taken off the market. But so take the leaves in and let them see them. That's the best way to go. Right, because they, they were producing humongously. It was brilliant. Yeah, the other thing is, though, Marika, I generally plant new capsicums each year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, you might just find they've objected to the cutting back in the really cold weather. I mean, they are a warm climate plant. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it may be, just be that. Right. Now, passion fruit, I know you had a handful of them today, but do you cut them back at the end of the season? Only if you need to. Oh, okay. Uh, and you just cut back those long leaders, leaving main leaders coming up off the base. Right, because it was only new last year, last season, and I did have quite a few passion fruits, which were beautiful. <clears throat> but, um, of course, yeah, they stopped producing. I've had one sitting there, hanging there for about two months, it's just not changing colour. And it's not going to ripen now, is it? It's too no, cold. I, so. um, I was Marie, wondering if you actually have to cut them back or not. You know what, Marika? Yeah. I always think leave well enough alone. If you've had passion fruit on that vine, yep. I would leave it, dear. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Cheers, Marika. It is Gardening Talk back on 2 FM 103.7. If you have any questions for Judy Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. Now, Judy, you had mentioned a little bit earlier, I'll wait till you finish your glass of water, mentioned earlier a little bit about, about roses. <laughs> oh, right, okay, it's rose time. Rose time. Rose time. Rose planting time, rose pruning time, rose everything time now. So everything now is good for roses. Everything's good for roses. So shall we deal with rose planting? Yep. Uh, all the roses are out in the marketplace and they're sticks. Right. Uh, but you never plant new season roses with fertiliser. Uh, I don't want the gardeners to go putting fertiliser in the bottom of the hole because it will burn your new rose. Yep. Uh, you must give them a drink each day because the sap stream is starting to rise. Right, so now, every day. Every day. Every day keeps the doctor away, <laughs> uh, particularly when you're establishing new plants. So we've um, their new season roses. Now with established roses, the weather is cold enough to be pruning. If you live in frosty areas, which a lot of our listeners would, of course, they will wait until the frosts, last frosts have passed, probably yep. in August. Uh, if you're pruning now, uh, you get rid of all the dead wood off the rose, you open the rose up from the centre to let light in, and you give each rose a bucket full, and I can hear them all out there groaning, but a full bucket full of poultry manure. Right. The roses love it. And then three weeks later, a handful of rose food. But when you prune, Greg, I know yep. you're going home to do oh, all of this. Straight yourself. away. Yep. You always spray with lime sulphur. Okay. Because that keeps down any fungal diseases and insects for you for a few months. So that's roses. 
Very good. It's Gardening Talk back on Turn Your FM. I'm going to get ready to start doing some pruning this afternoon. But we've got Helen from Walls End, and she's got a question about Bougainvilliers, if that's right. That's a bit of a guess on my behalf there on the spelling. Uh, well, it is spelt with a capital B because uh, they did originate in Bougainvillier. <laughs> Fair enough. Hello, Helen. What's Hello, the problem with your bag? I have uh, actually the Bambino variety. Yes. And it's, it's doing really well, but I've got it in a pot. Now, I'm thinking, because it's doing so well, it's hanging over the pot. Can I possibly train it to grow up like a TP type of thing? Oh, yes, you could with the steak in, yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. That's what I was worried about, because it just seems to naturally want to go over the pot. And I'm, I'm trying to think how I can work it to go up vertical, I go up instead of over, if you know what I mean. Yeah, look, honestly, uh, what the ones we have in stock at the moment, even though they don't like winter, no. um, we have stakes in them. Oh, okay. Even in the little pots, you know, yeah. to, to keep them growing upright. So okay. that won't hurt at all. Yeah, I just worry because it naturally wants to go over. I'm trying to get it to go up, as I said, and, um, yeah, that's the problem. So I don't want to risk it by breaking it and trying to make it go up when it doesn't want it type of thing. That's what I'm worried about. Before the the stems get stiff, which they will in Bougainvillea, while they're still soft, do it now. Just get some of those little bamboo steaks. Yep, I will do that. Okay. Okay, Judy, thank you. Thank you, dear. Hi. Hi. We've got Anne from Toronto, and she's talking about carnations. Hello there, Judy. How are you? I'm very well, Anne. I hope you are too, darling. Yes, beautiful weather at the moment, lovely sunshine. Um, can you tell me, I bought a punnet of um, carnation cuttings uh, in mixed colours from Bunnings about, um, oh, probably eight or nine months ago now, put them in the ground, and they've been prolific coloured producers. Uh, all the time, even up till now, today, my husband's just brought me in two more that have, have come out. But what I'm worried about is they've grown very straggly. What should I do about it? Because I don't want to lose them. Right, okay. Um, you know, carnations tend to be perennials, so they should go on and on. But, uh, you know, it is winter, Anne, and they would be reacting a little bit to the cold weather. Uh, you can take cuttings from carnations. Did you realise that? Yes, I know that. But yeah. um, I, I just wondered, you know, I've never had them before, so I don't know whether you, you cut the existing plants back to tidy them up or what you do, you know? Look, I think it's too cold to cut them back at the moment. Right. Um, I'd be trying to hang in there till we come to a little bit of warmer weather yeah. and then certainly cut them back then. And how far back should you cut them? Oh, because look! They're very, they've grown very long and straggly. They're, you know, they're sort of overflowing the bed now and draping. Yeah. <laughs> look, I'd cut them back probably to. Um, are you an inches lady? Yes. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably three inches then. Oh right. Okay. Three to four inches, but and what, they will recover. Right? Yes, but what you should do is all those shoots you take off. Yes. You should take cuttings from the newer growth. Right. Okay, and that will ensure you've got products still happening. Yeah, okay, fine. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, I missed it just just as I switched on the radio. Uh, you were talking about the new roses coming in. My husband's planted five at the moment, um, and he's got them in the ground because um, they're all new. They've just come out of the, um, the little uh, sacks and things like that. Now, um, what did you say about the amount of, 
chicken fertilizer you have to put on them? Oh, not on new roses. Not on new ones. No, no, that's that's the part you missed. We were talking about existing roses when you right. prune existing roses. Oh, right. Yes, right. your new rose, you won't your new roses, you won't give any fertilizer to probably or oh, maybe until about um, October, November. Really? Mm, and then you'll only give them a small amount of a product called Sudden Impact. Right, we do use that actually. Okay, so wait and let them, all they need at the moment is water. Just water, no rose food or anything? Oh no, you'll burn them darling. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. just water and how much water? Oh, every day, give them you a drink water. each day. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Okay, thank you very much Judy. Thank you, bye. bye. Right, cheers Anne, we've got John from Warnervale now. Well, he wants to know the correct time to prune cherry trees. Hello, John. Yes, hello. John, um, is it a fruiter? It is. It's, it's a fruiter. A, it, it's a low-chill, very low-chill, double-grafted double right. cherry tree. And uh, I got a beautiful handful of fruit on last year, right to perfection, absolutely beautiful. And I was about to give it a haircut this weekend. No, <laughs> told no. the first caller that it's the wrong time. When, when do you prune a cherry tree so I still well, get you, the maximum fruit well, off it? Yeah, no, you shouldn't prune now. You wait until it finishes. After I've picked the fruit, then yes, you, you yeah. prune it while in leaf. Yes. Uh, but, John, um, I'm, you know, we should mention to the listeners that you're from mm. Warnervale now. Yes. That's fairly warm. I mean, and you're it growing fruiting cherries there. Yes, it's a low-chill. It's a special low-chill. Sure. I've looked for years. I've right. tried every different variety on the planet. But this double-grafted um, low-chill, uh, fruit's beautiful, flowers and fruit's beautiful. I've found one. Was <laughs> it, one of, it was probably one of the Fleming's grafts, was it? Um, I'm just, yeah, yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. a mini Royal Royal Lee. Yeah, okay. Well, um, there would be cherry trees around to buy at the moment, but most of us don't stock them because um, we know that, you know, when you live on the coast, it's difficult to get cherries yeah, to produce. It's, yeah, it is. I, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. them all. <laughs> so <laughs> even, it, even those decorative ones, you know, the tall standards yes. and all that, they lasted a year, two years of the max. The second time they didn't flower, then they died. Yeah. I've been through them all, but this actually flowers and fruits. I couldn't believe it. I'm well, really, <laughs> really love it. Well, John, I know there are going to be listeners out there very interested in that tree, so mm. could I suggest um, to anyone that is listening that you ring Flemings down in Melbourne and they yep. would be able to advise the listeners who has them in stock. Yeah, you did mention a nursery earlier that has, or they had a couple in there last time I was in there. That was that was at Y E. Oh, Y E, and they yeah, had the grafted ones in there. Yeah, they had the double grafted. Okay, well it's there you go. Got to be the mini Royal Royal Lee. Okay, well right. there you go. That's answered okay. the problem. So I leave it all alone. I'd leave it alone it after yep. I pick the cherries while it's in. Definitely. While it's still in leaf. Yes. Ah, okay, I'll get a lot more cherries this year. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad that guy called actually because I was going to prune it. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much. Thanks, John. No okay. Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. And Judy, I think we've got time for one more call before we announce our competition winner. And it's Brian from Weston. It's about something about poppies, Brian. That's right. Hello, Brian. Hello. Now, now I you, your voice sounds very familiar. Oh, so it should. I've oh. only really rang up over two things so that you can call me darling like you call everybody else darling on the, 
on oh, the look, radio. I'm going to tell. So I'm going to dob you in, Brian. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yes, on the line we have Brian, who is a very, very well-known gentleman who owned Villa Clone, one of <laughs> the right. best gift shops you could ever walk in in Newcastle. But before that, Brian was a horticulturist and had yes. a nursery at Market Town. That's how it all started. Yeah, it is how it also yeah, how our relationship started too, darling. Yeah, it was all those years ago. <laughs> so you want me to leave? <laughs> That's forty years ago, Judy. Forty years yeah, ago. Yeah, oh gosh, years. Brian! No, please don't tell the listeners that. They all think I'm thirty-five, darling. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, what's your we'll problem? You've got no problems because you're a horticulturist. You've got all the answers. No, I do for me. have a problem. You know what my problem is with poppies? Yeah, so I, I do. Thought, you know what we could do? We what? could put out a help call over to NURFM to see if there is anybody in the area that is still growing dent poppies. George Dent Poppies, okay. Mm. I should explain, shouldn't I, Brian? Yeah, you need to explain that story because it's a great story. Okay. It would be a shame to lose the... The strain. The strain. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, there was a gentleman called um, George Dent who lived at New Lambton and every Anzac Day, anyone that wanted the best poppies in the world and it was called the Spring Song Range, uh, he named it that, I'm pretty sure, Brian, yeah. and uh, people lined up in a queue and the queue would run down the street and around the block yeah. because you always plant poppies on Anzac Day. Unfortunately, Mr Dent died. His family weren't interested in keeping the strain going but quite a few die-hard gardeners in Newcastle did including a lovely gentleman I hope you're listening today Jim Oliver because I know you're in hospital and you haven't been well he grew the most magnificent poppies and Brian and I coveted them every year didn't we Brian? He used to bring us in um, the red poppies for when we did the cathedral flower show for the um, the Anzac that's exactly right that's amazing Thick and, you know, stems. Like it'd be just wonderful if there's somebody out there at the moment that is still growing that poppy strain and some more of us could get some seed to keep the strain running. So he called it, what was the strain he called it? Spring, Spring song. song. Spring song. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I have seen it grown in, by a company up in Queensland, but they weren't, you know, they're just no, plants. They've lost, probably, they're, yeah, yeah. They've, they've, they're not doing what George did. I mean, I don't know how he did it, but. Did yeah. he stop the cross-pollinating of various colours? He did. He used to yeah. get up before dawn and put elastic band around them so the bees couldn't get at them. He was yeah. very keen. Yeah. We must go, Brian. I hope you okay. don't mind. And I hope, I hope That's someone's listening. Talk you, nice talking to you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Cheers, Brian. Well, Judy, we are almost out of time for this week, so let's get to our competition winner, which yes. our giveaway is... Who are we going to give it to? Maureen? I think Maureen because she's got no um, no passion fruit and no eggs. No eggs. And no eggs. So we're going to give her the wonderful Mr. Fotheragill package <laughs> if she comes into the nursery at Merriweather and collects it, if she wouldn't mind. Very good. Congratulations to you, Maureen. Judy Sharp, I'll see you next week. Oh, you will too, Greg. You poor boy, two weeks in a row. That's It's a pleasure. It's a Thank pleasure you, as always. Darling. Thank you. <laughs>